Hey kids, it's time for another Just Another Fanboy Classic episode. This week we got episode number 15, which was originally published on Wednesday, December the 6th, 2006. And this one's a hoot, folks, so enjoy. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, the most important podcast in all of human history. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx Broadcasting production. Lynx, like the cat. Meow. Just like a comic book! 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 Welcome to episode number 15 of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on December 5th, 2006, and has fallen, but can get up just fine on its own. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Steven, and this week we got a tight little show that's sure to get your arm hairs a-moving and swinging to the beat of a thousand drums. Or at least humming quietly to yourself like a sleepy person sitting on the toilet in the middle of the night. We actually have a great bit of stuff for you this week. I've received and read a few new books from the library this past week. New X-Men Childhood's End, Volume 1 and 2, got both of these trades, and they kicked some serious rump area. These were written by Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost, with art by Mark Brooks and Paco Medina. Now, I've never read any new X-Men before. This was uh, my little foray into the new X-Men world. And, I mean, I tried the first trade to Grant Morrison and uh, Frank Quietly's new X-Men. And though I'm a fan of the Grant Morrison and for the Frank Quietly, just wasn't doing anything for me, so I put it away halfway through. But this one just, I really enjoyed this one. I mean, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but it's set right after House of M. You know, all the uh, the whole no more mutants, all the mutants are gone except for these few. And God, it's like you turn the page. Oh, there's a mutant. I like that person. Oh, no, they died. Oh, here's a mutant I've never seen before. They're pretty cool. Oh, no, they died too. It's like everybody's dying in this freaking thing. But it was pretty good. I recommend it. I also got the Superman Doomsday Omnibus. Written by Dan Jurgens, Jerry Ordway, Jeff Loeb, and others. Uh, we have art in it by Jurgens, Ordway, Gil Kane, Mike Wieringo, Ed McGinnis. Uh, covers by Jurgens. This is basically the sequel to uh, the Death of Superman and the Return of Superman. It was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I'm actually kind of a a fan of the the Death of Superman um, event. And uh, it was nice to kind of go in and read about Doomsday and where he came from. Um, you got a little bit more of the backstory, whereas in the, the Death of Superman, all you knew was Doomsday was this big, weird, gray, bony-looking dude that just kicked a lot of ass. And you didn't really, you didn't understand his motivation. What was his motivation? And you read this, and you know, this uh, this book collects... Superman, the Doomsday Wars 1 through 3, uh, Superman, Doomsday, Hunter, Prey 1 through 3. Uh, it's got the Doomsday Annual number 1, Adventures of Superman number 594, and Superman number 175. So if you're a Superman fan and you haven't read these, pick it up because it is pretty good. Um, speaking of Superman, I finally got around to watching Superman Returns this past week, and I enjoyed it. I heard a lot of bad stuff about it, but I I really liked it. Brandon Routh, Ruth, however you pronounce his freaking name, did a great job. I mean, he does 
I guess he looks a little like Christopher Reeve, but the man was channeling Christopher Reeve throughout the entire movie, in my opinion. I had a lot of very Christopher Reeve moments throughout the movie. There's a big scene, if you haven't seen it or if you have, when he finally makes his return as Superman and saves the 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 jet from crashing and they land in the middle of the, the ball field and everybody's clapping and he gets on the plane and he says, I hope this doesn't put you off on flying. Statistically speaking, it's the safest way to travel. And I turned to my wife and said, that's Christopher Reeve, baby. So if you haven't seen it and you're, you don't plan on seeing it because you've heard bad things, see it. It's good. Rent it. Come on. Just rent it. It's good. Um, other than that, it was a pretty slow week. Okay, that's a lie. Because the most important thing of all happened between last episode and this episode. And that most important of events was that November's comics came in on Monday. Great big stack of books. 31 of them to be exact. So I, I've only gotten through a couple and I'm looking forward to reading the rest of them and giving you my top three, maybe top five. Like I said, there's 30 of them in there. 31. And... A lot of them I'm really looking forward to, so maybe I might push it up to my top five next week. So that's something you can look forward to. But other than that, let's get on to some listeners' feedback. Yeah, listeners' feedback. I'm excited about this week's listeners' feedback because not only did we get an email and a post that I'm going to talk about from the forum, that's pythonland.com slash fanboy, come post, be a member, join the fun, but we also got not one, not two, but three voicemails this week, loving the voicemails. So let's start off with the first voicemail. Hello, fanboys. It's Ian Levenstein of the Comic Timing Podcast. Just let you know that I have since started listening to your show. I listened to the latest one, episode 13. Just started it, and I'm not even, oh, I'd say about three minutes in. And I just had the call to say, dude, I feel your pain. All right, I've been thrown up upon by children before in the past. I used to work as a camp counselor. That is not a very, very fun experience, but... It's all part of the growing up and the parenting, I guess. So I send my thoughts out to you and hope that you will have clean shirts for the rest of your days. Anyway, just wanted to send it in and say that so far, so good. I love the sound quality on it, and I'm sure it'll keep up. So just wanted to let you know that I found you guys, and hey, talk to you soon. Later. Ian Levenstein. That's awesome that I'm getting a call from another comic book podcaster that I listen to every week. Um, I spotlighted, if you remember, Ian's podcast last week, um, the Comic Timing Podcast, and you can find that at speakgeekspeak.com slash um, comic timing. Uh, and... Uh, Ian has a really good podcast there. I mean, he's got a great voice for podcasting, very distinct. So thank you, Ian. Thank you for calling in. You really made my week with this voicemail. And uh, thank you for your feeling the pain of the puke. So let's move right along to the next voicemail. 
Hey, this is the Pizza Man. Uh, I just uh, was listening to episode 14. Love it so far. It's really, really amusing. Hey, uh, I've got a guest for your line of the movie, the quote, movie quote um, that Gary Indiana gave on this week's show. I don't know if I'm supposed to call in with this or not, but here it is: the last of the Mohicans, last of the Mohicans, 1992, and that was Hawkeye, I believe, who said that. Okay. If I'm a winner, I don't know how I get that, uh, my email, I guess you could email me, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm a winner, but uh, that's not what my wife would say. All right, thanks a lot, bye-bye. And the pizza man burning on his wife, or actually that would be his wife burning on the pizza man, because apparently the pizza man's wife thinks the pizza man is a loser. Well, we think you're a winner here, Pizza Man, especially for leaving the voicemail. As far as your guests for last week's At the Movies with Gary Indiana, we do prefer that you email in your answer, your guess. So I'm going to let Gary let you know whether or not you won in his segment coming up in the show. But thanks for calling. Appreciate the, the voicemail. We always appreciate any voicemail we receive from our listeners, any feedback that we receive from our listeners. And Pizza Man is a member of the message board over at pythonland.com slash fanboy you're going to hear that a lot because i need more people over there frankly pizza man's getting lonely come talk to the pizza man and so i guess that's going to bring us to our third and last of the voicemails for this week hi this is peter in oklahoma i was just going to say i really enjoy your show my brother was actually the first person that called your line and left a message and uh just pointing that out a couple of quick questions for you I like your picks of the week. I'm always wondering why you don't uh, go in more in depth on them and tell us uh, for what reason. I thought you had once said something like you couldn't for legal uh, issues. If you'll just uh, expand on that and let me know. And uh, two, I like the including up the picks of the week. You know where I can get that as a ringtone? All right, thanks. Keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you for the voicemail. Peter. Peter's brother is Jesse, who did, in fact, leave the very first voicemail for just another fanboy. So I guess, Peter, that makes you the guy from Norman, Oklahoma, which has got to be pretty sweet. Um, as far as your questions are concerned, the reason I don't go into a lot of detail on my picks of the week, I just read the solicitation text, is, it has nothing to do with legal reasons, because as far as I'm concerned, legal reasons be damned. You know, I'm a rebel. Now, actually, I record my podcasts on Tuesdays. And so my picks of the week reflect books that are coming out that week. And as they don't come out until Wednesday, I don't actually get a look at the books. And even if I did wait until Wednesday or Thursday of the week to do my podcasts, I actually get my books from DCBS and they send them to me monthly. So all my books, I don't even see them until the next very next month. But... um my picks reflect ultimately just basically the books I'm buying for that week, and therefore that's why they're my picks. So that's that's pretty much the, the long and the short of it. Sorry, I couldn't really give you a, a better answer. Um, as far as the music that is played before my picks of the week, that's from a band called Carne Cruda, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I found their music on the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, you can find that at music.podshow.com. Um, I just was just looking around for instrumentals to use for my podcast, and I ran into these guys and really kind of fell in love with their music. 
I actually use four of their songs each week. Um, Carpool Lane, which is played before the picks of the week. Um, El Diabolito, if I'm, I'm probably not even pronouncing that right. Uh, I play that before this week on Heroes. Uh, before listeners' feedback, which you've already heard, is the uh, Artichoke of World Peace. And for my podcast, Spotlight is Cannibal Bill. So that's that's my answer. Okay, so let's get on to the emails. Our first email comes from C. Herter. And C. says, I am trying with little success to get a hold of and read Frank Miller's Sin City Trades. At least I think that's what they're called. As I am also on a budget, I'm trying to get the different parts a bit at a time from different libraries. Currently, I'm getting a screaming case of the just give me the damn thing already. I'm having a horrible time getting a hold of Volume 3. So here's my question. Has Miller's Sin City been published together in one volume? And for that matter, which books are actually in the series itself? I went to a few websites trying to find this out for myself, but only got confused as it looks like there are several spin-offs or standalones, all of which I'd be happy to read, except I doubt if they are comic books I'd be able to get a hold of them. Can you help? Here's another thing that you may be able to help me with. I work in a library, so I get a lot of random questions from people. A random question I have been asked, but am unable to find the answer to, is this. When is Spider-Man's birthday? Anyway, regardless of whether you can answer these or not, I want you to know that you rock, and I'll definitely be tuning in as long as you keep podcasting. I rock. You heard him. I told you. I told you I rock. Sorry. Thanks for the email, C. Can I call you, C? Anyway, as to your first question, to the best of my knowledge, all the Sin City trades have never been published together in one single volume. However, you can get Frank Miller's Complete Sin City Library, an Amazon.com exclusive from, you guessed it, Amazon.com. This sells for 75 bucks and is just all seven volumes of the trades at a discount price. If you wanted to find them individually, here's what's in the series, and this is in order. The first one is The Hard Goodbye. The second one is A Dame to Kill For. The third one is The Big Fat Kill. The fourth one is That Yellow Bastard. The fifth one is Family Values. The sixth one is Booze, Broads, and Bullets. And the seventh one is called Hell and Back. Uh, as far as Spider-Man's birthday, not a clue. But maybe a listener knows. So if you know, write us in at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com or call us in at the voicemail line. And that number is one 309 8367 extension 212. And let's try to help see out if you've got that answer. Um, our last bit of listener feedback is a question from the forum. This comes actually from my brother, my older brother, who goes by the classy handle Ebola. And he says, great show, but... I've been meaning to say this from the very first show, but have yet to give my opinion about something that bothers me until now. When you read the comic book summaries, which I'm assuming he's referring to in my picks of the week, you read them in an annoying, sarcastic voice that tells me you are making fun of the comics. Okay. First of all, I'm not making fun of the books. Why would I? These are all books I buy each month, so I'm not going to make fun of the books that I love to buy and read. If I'm poking fun of anything, it's the solicitation text itself that goes along with the books you know, that they post on their solicitations that they send out each month and is also on their various websites. And if you're listening to the show and you hear me reading the solicitation text, if you've read the solicitation text, they can be a bit silly. 
And on top of that, I found it's a little boring to me to just to go through and read the solicitation text. So I try to do it in a silly voice to maybe bring the little, little entertainment value up in the show and give you something to poke fun of me at and get angry and leave mean, hateful, spiteful posts over at the forum, pythonland.com slash fanboy. That's what it's there for. Be hateful. Be, sp- be spiteful. Don't care. Just come and post. So that's it with the listeners' feedback. So let's move along with the show. So that brings us to news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by no one. There is no sponsor for this week's show. Nothing. Not a sausage. Not one sponsor was willing to pony up the meager $376,927.67 that I ask of sponsors to be mentioned on this most important of podcasts. For decades now, Starship Troopers has been the benchmark for military sci-fi, with Heinlein's award-winning book birthing movies, television shows, toys, computer games, board games, and miniature wargaming scenarios, and of course, comic miniseries, with stories by Dark Horse and the Japanese anime Uko no Senshi. In recent years, however, the comic torch has been passed to Mongoose and Marcosia Publishing for the critically acclaimed trilogy Blaze of Glory. Three four-issue stories, Alamo Bay, Dead Man's Hand, and Damaged Justice, that chronicle the war through the eyes of Kamari's Tigers, a platoon of the mobile infantry, fighting the bugs wherever needed. With more Starship Troopers required, Tony Lee, the award-nominated writer of the original trilogy, was called back into service. When they told me they wanted to return to the Tigers, I wasn't sure if I could, Tony Lee admitted. The original trilogy was totally self-contained, but they showed me the sales figures and the letters proved to me that the fans wanted more. So we did a brand new comic in episode number zero with a fresh eight-page story drawn by Andy Tong inside. That eight-page story led to Marcosia and Mongoose agreeing on a new ongoing Starship Troopers series, starting in April 2007, that continues the story of the Tigers and explores the world of the mobile infantry in more detail. And this time, Tony was immediately on board with Chris Dabari taking over the monthly art duties. This is the first time ever that Heinlein's book has been created for an ongoing monthly comic audience, Lee stated. The problem with the trilogy was it was written two years ago. We weren't allowed to use things that hadn't been agreed at that point with Sony or used by Mongoose, and so we couldn't use exosuits, skinnies, a whole load of things from the novel. But now, two years later, the game has progressed, and so have the characters. We're now able to look past the Tigers, expand the universe, show the M.I. Grizzly and Cougar exosuits and design, follow the Pathwads, the canine Neo-Dog Brigades, delve more into the minds of the censors. The stage is far greater than before, and when they explained that to me, I had to return. But with fears of, of an expanded universe taking the story away from the Tigers, Richard M's quickly answered concerns. People bought the trilogy for Will Tanner and the Tigers, he said, and as such, the Tigers will always be an integral part of the story. But we also used characters like Zim, Rico, Carmen, and Xander. We showed the flight decks of the battle cruisers, and we involved family back on Terra. So it will never be solely a Tigers comic. That said, Tony has been reading a lot of war comics and watching Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, and Band of Brothers, so who knows what'll happen next. 
Starship Troopers No. 1 is released in April 2007 with the four-part story Marooned, the third book in the original trilogy. Damage Justice is on sale in December from all good comic shops. The Punisher has made his lethal return to the Marvel Universe amidst Civil War in the premiere issue of Punisher War Journal. The first issue has sold out at Diamond, and Marvel is rushing back to press with a Civil War-style second printing variant cover by Young Guns Reloaded artist Ariel Olivetti. Written by Matt Fraction and the recently dubbed Young Gun Olivetti, Punisher War Journal finds Frank Castle focusing his war on crime once again on superpowered villains. Stephen G. Saunders of SilverBulletComicBooks.com called the first issue a great book. This is solid Punisher with Matt Fraction treating the character of Frank Castle with the love and respect he deserves. For more of Young Gun Ariel Olivetti's Punisher, be sure to check out the Young Gun's Reloaded Sketchbook on sale now. Retailers be advised that the ordering code for Punisher War Journal No. 1 second printing variant will be available starting next week. Top Cow Productions has announced that due to an unfortunate and unforeseen computer-related complication, Freshman 2 No. 2 by popular creators Seth Green and Hugh Sturbakov will be delayed in its release by one week. Freshman 2 No. 2, featuring art by regular series artist Will Conrad, is anticipated in stores on December 20th. Here at Top Cow, we've really been working hard to keep our book shipping in a timely manner, said Philip Sablik, Vice President of Marketing and Sales. Unfortunately, there's very little you can do to predict a last-minute computer crash. Thanks to cooperation from our printer and the hard work of our editorial staff, we'll only be delayed one week. We appreciate everyone's patience. The official Freshman Comic website is freshmancomic.com, and additional information on the series can be found at topcow.com. Freshman number one is currently available for free at drunkduck.com slash freshman. According to The Hollywood Reporter, HBO is developing Vertigo's Preacher as a one-hour series with Mark Stephen Johnson on board to write the pilot. Preacher creators Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon and their representative Ken Levin will be co-executive producers. And on DVD this week, 24 Season 5, 7-disc set, Animaniacs Volume 2, 5-disc set, The Dukes of Hazard Season 7, Pinky and the Brain Volume 2, 4-disc set, Rocky Collector's Edition 2-disc set and Saturday Night Live Season 1 8-disc set. You can see the full list of DVDs being released this week for December the 5th on the Just Another Fanboy message board at pythonland.com slash fanboy. And that was this week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And now my comic book Picks of the Week. This week from D.C., we have 52, number 31, written by Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Greg Rucka, and Mark Wade. Breakdowns by Keith Giffen, covers by J.G. Jones. The story of the year continues in four more chapters of America's only weekly superhero adventure. In this issue, 
Superman being out of the picture was the key. One of two keys, if you want to be cute about it. Plus the origin of the Metal Men by Wade and Duncan Rolo. Action Comics number 846, written by Jeff Johns and Richard Donner. Art and cover by Adam Kubert. In the part three of the emotional story Last Sun, written by Jeff Johns and Richard Donner, with stellar art by Adam Kubert, get ready for new secret identities, new villains, and a new mystery hidden within the Fortress of Solitude. Superman's life reaches a turning point as he confronts an evil power 20 times greater than his own in a battle that threatens not only his planet, but the boy from Krypton. Justice Society of America No. 1, written by Jeff Johns, art by Dale Eaglesham and Art Thibbert, cover by Alex Ross. Determined to rebuild the Justice Society... Founding members Green Lantern, Flash, and Wildcat initiate an unprecedented recruitment program, tracking the bloodlines of heroes across the world and bringing in the new Starman, Damage, Liberty Bell, and more. But just as the society welcomes the rookies into their ranks, an evil force sets out to destroy them. Meet new legacies, solve a mystery stretching into the far future, Witness the return of the world's greatest hero and watch another one fall. All in the pages of this fantastic new series. From Marvel this week, we have New Universal Number 1, written by Warren Ellis, art by Salvador LaRocca. Planet Earth, inhabited by six billion people. People leading ordinary lives, coping with everyday struggles. But on a night like any other, the Earth is rocked by the most startling celestial event ever witnessed by the human race, the White Event. And from its wake, a handful of humans emerge as something more. Acclaimed writer Warren Ellis and superstar artist Salvador La Roca bring you this new universe— a universe witnessing superhuman power for the first time. And from Image Comics this week... Oh, what? What? Image? That's not one of the big two. Nope. From Image Comics this week, we have The Nightly News. Art and story by Jonathan Hickman. James is inducted into the Brotherhood of the Voice while the hand is busy recruiting the drug trade in the local public schools. And those were my comic book picks of the week. See the full list of comics being released this week over at the Just Another Fanboy message board at pythonland.com slash fanboy. And hey, while you're there looking at the list, go ahead and include your own picks. Speaking of your own picks, if you got your own, call one 309 8367 extension 212 and tell us all about them. Of course, you'll want to use your picks from last week, but I don't care. Call in anyway, because if you don't call, I may just have to have gastric bypass surgery. And now for At the Movies with Gary, Indiana. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Hey, howdy, hey, everybody out there in that great big world of ours. It's Gary with you once more for At The Movies with Gary, Indiana. The winner from last week is Pizza Man from the Just Another Fanboy message boards who guessed correctly that last week's movie quote came from the movie Last of the Mohicans. Congratulations, Pizza Man. Your prize will be out to you soon. And now this week's movie quote. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moon light? Do you think you know the movie? Email us here at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com and give us your guess. Remember to include the name you want us to use in the show at the bottom of your email. Time once again for this week on Heroes, a spoilerific look at the latest episode of Heroes on NBC. So this week's episode was the last new episode of 2006. So there will not be any more new episodes until sometime in 2007. So this is the last time you're going to hear this week on Heroes on Just Another Fanboy for the next few weeks. Uh, A lot of crap, crap meaning good, happened in this week's episode and i'm not going to spend the next 15 minutes going over exactly what happened because like i said a lot happened so i just want to touch on some of the finer points some of the key points in the episode Um, one is that we find out that uh, not only do you know we've known that claire's father knows about her powers but now she finds out that that her father has known all along that she's had these powers and he takes it upon himself to Use the Haitian to erase her little brother's memory uh, because he knows about her powers. He has the Haitian erase uh, Zach's memory because he also knows about her powers. And at one point, he even sends the Haitian to her to erase her memory. But the Haitian speaks in this episode. I think the title of this episode should have been The Haitian Speaks. That should have been the tagline. Screw this. Save the cheerleader. Save the world. It should have been The Haitian Speaks. Because he creeps into to Claire's room, grabs her, and explains to her that he's the one that has been erasing everybody's memories so they don't know her about her powers and that her father wants him to erase her memory as well. But he's apparently switched sides. He's not going to erase her memory. He must think she's important uh, to the future of life, so he's not going to do it. Uh, another key point is that Siler is now, uh, during the episode, he is being held by HRG and his band of Merry Mischief Makers. Um, but Eden decides that, um, that Siler needs to die. So she tries to use her powers of suggestion to force him to kill himself. Well, the whole time he's been in custody, the Haitian guy has been around because he's a power dampener and he has been there to stop Siler from using his powers. But the, the one time that she decides to go in and, get him to kill himself. Obviously the Haitians not around because Siler goes buck wild and, and grabs her and, uh, she ends up shooting herself in the head. 
um, to sacrifice herself so he does not take her powers of suggestion. Um, another big key point in the show was Nikki or Jessica, her evil half, Jessica, um, taking a shot at DL, hitting him in the shoulder, uh, hunting him down in the woods, catching him and trying to kill DL. Micah tries to intervene. She tosses Micah aside. He hits his knee or something on some rocks uh, and gets hurt. And then so then Nikki takes over. Nikki decides that Jessica needs to be stopped. So she turns herself into the police. And that's all we see of them. Another big key point was Nath, uh, Peter Petrelli, who was being held by the police, is released. He's leaving the police station with Nathan, and he, he has been acting sick pretty much throughout the entire episode. And as they're leaving the police station, he passes out as they're walking out. And when he, as soon as his head hits the, hits the concrete, he has what I am presuming is a vision of the future where he is back in New York. All the other heroes are there and they're running from him. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're running from him because he's obviously dangerous. And then he's the one that blows up. You know, we're, we're assuming at this point that it was going to be Ted. I think that was his name from one of the previous episodes. Who's like a radioactive guy, but maybe, um, Peter absorbs his powers and Peter's the one apparently from his vision that destroys New York. So Peter wakes up on the steps of the police station. He's very upset about that. Another key point in the episode was um, Hiro Nakamura meets Isaac the painter. And we find now that Isaac has discovered that he can now paint the future without getting, you know, stoned on heroin. And when he does paint the future, he paints a picture of Hiro Nakamura holding a sword and fighting what appears to be either a some type of T-Rex or a dragon of some sort. So they really leave you on this this cliffhanger at the end of the episode with Siler escaping, um, Nikki turning herself into the police, and Peter finding out that he's the one that's going to blow up New York. And so now we've got weeks to wait to find out exactly what's going on. And this is the part of the year that I hate in regards to television viewing because we have no new episodes of Lost and no new episodes of Heroes. So I guess it's a back to the old Netflix queue for me because I got me some Alias coming up and some 24, the last season of 24 to catch up on. So uh, we'll be watching those this winter until the new shows start. And that was your last This Week of on Heroes in 2006. And that brings us then to the podcast spotlight. In this week's comic book podcast spotlight, we take a look at the Just Bills comic long box podcast. You can find that at um, uh, ah, hell, I can't find it. Screw it, I'm done with crap. Not doing another one of these stupid on his stupid podcast. Screw him. Um, <clears throat> hi, this is Gary Indiana. Uh, I guess Stephen has decided he's not going to finish the show today, so it looks like it's up to me. Uh, he is in such a fiery rage 
over the existence or or non-existence, as it were, of the Just Bill's Comic Long Box podcast. That he's just decided he he's done. He's done with the show. He's very angry and he's very upset. So it's up to me to finish. So I guess the first order of business would be to turn off the music. Can, can we get this music turned off? Somebody, can we get the music turned off? Oh, okay. Here we go. All right, music's off. So I guess the next thing we need to do is, I guess, find out where we were. Unfortunately, uh, when Stephen left, he uh, he threw all his papers on the ground. So I, I guess, uh, here, let me just, let me, let me just look for him over here. Here we go. All right, here's here's the notes. Uh, I'm not sure where we left off here because uh, they're all out of order after you threw them on the floor. So let's see. We've done the picks of the week. We've done the news and information. Uh, okay, okay. Here we are. And now it is time once again for the view from Norman, Oklahoma, a weekly segment in which our resident bitter old fanboy. Pisses and moans about the state of the comic book industry, or just anything that generally pisses him off. Ladies and gentlemen, my cousin, Norman, Oklahoma. Alright, stop the dang music. Now, explain this to me. He left? Yeah, Norman, he just he just got up and, and let he he left. What why would he just leave his show? I, I don't know, Norman, but you know, we have to finish up for him, so we we need to get this well, we but, need to get this sucker going. But you're telling me he just left. He, yes, Norman, he left the show and now it's up to us to well, finish it. But why why would he just up and leave his own show? That just don't make no sense to me. But he left, Norman. It doesn't matter why he left. He left. So we need to get this show finished and we are currently recording. Oh. So Get going oh. with your view uh, right. or whatever you want to all talk right. about. All right, all right, all right. I guess, I guess I can get going. All right. Well, okay. So I'm all I'm all out of whack here. Hold on. Okay. So <clears throat> I I was recently uh, looking into one of my old journals and uh, reading some stuff that I had written about a year ago, and I thought for this week I'd just read to you from from a journal. So here we go. Ready? Anger has just grabbed a hold of me by the chest hairs and is pulling them out one by one. Fury is standing just off to the side, waiting for Anger to finish up so he can start in on sticking small, sharp objects under my toenails. Rage is currently lurking about the building, looking for a cup of coffee because he knows it's going to be a long night once he gets his chance with me after Anger and Fury have had all their fun. Now, I'm not normally one to let my darker emotions have the better of me like this, but today something has happened. Something so devastating, so emotionally crippling, that I don't know how I can possibly keep on working. Some person, or persons unknown, have crept their way into my life and changed it so unequivocally, so dramatically, that I can barely see the letters on my keyboard through the red fog of complete and bitter hate that's hovering just inches from my face. Someone has stolen my lunch. See, my morning routine is fairly, well, routine. I get up, I have a poop, I shower, I shave, I get dressed, and then I make my lunch. You know, when I make my lunch, it's it's nothing special. Just a sandwich, roast beef, mayo, and cheese. And I usually pack it away into my lunchbox and haul it on to work. This morning, however, the realization hit me 
They had a, that I had left my lunchbox at work, so I was forced to put my sandwich in the type of bag one receives at the local grocery store after answering the word plastic when you are asked that most depressing of questions, paper or plastic. My lunchbox is actually a cooler. I put ice packs in it to keep my sandwich cold so I won't have to eat roast beef and cheese slathered in spoiled mayonnaise. And so with no cooler, I had to place my bagged sandwich in one of the communal refrigerators our company provides in the main cafeteria area. And some jerk stole it. They just stole it. Who does that? Did someone need that sandwich more than me? Is this a situation where we have someone at work that is down on hard times and has to revert to stealing lunches just to feed themselves? I seriously doubt it. This is some bastard who isn't down on their luck. This is just some cheap prick who knows that he or she at any time can walk into that cafeteria, open up one of the five fridges that are in there, and get themselves a free meal. Now, I am faced with the fact that if I want to eat, I'm going to have to get in my car, burn my gas, drive to a fast food joint, and purchase a lunch. The sole reason I bring my lunch is because I'm on a budget, and as much as I'd like to eat a cheeseburger every day, it's just too darn expensive. So I, I guess I could just steal someone else's lunch. Anyway, that you know that 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 was a, an entry from my journal from last year. Hope you enjoyed it. Well, thank you, Norman, for your view this week. Um, it looks like what Stephen has up next. Uh, I guess we'll play bloopers from this week's episode. Please um, come over to the Python Land board. Son of a cracker. Thank you, Peter. Peter's brother would be Jesse, who did leave our very first email. Voicemail. So they go to talk to Claire. Crappinoli! In this week's comic book spotlight, we take a look at the Just Bill's comic long book. In this week's comic book podcast spotlight, we take a look at the Just Bill's comic long book podcast long flingy. Well, this brings what can only be described as a very messed up episode to a close. So please take a moment to show us here how much you love and care for this show. You can do that by sending us an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. You could sign up and post at the message board at pythonland.com slash fanboy. You could go to Podcast Alley at podcastalley.com, search for Just Another Fanboy, and vote for the show. You could find the show on iTunes and write a review. Ain't nobody done that yet, so you could be the very first one to do it, and wouldn't you be lucky? You can also call in at 1-877-309-8367, extension 212, leave an audio comment or review a book or, or, or sing us a little song or or complain about Stephen just leaving at the end of the show and leaving me with this to do all by myself or whatever. Um, the Sorry, uh, the theme song for the show is Comic Book by the Super Spies. Find it and information about the band at garageband.com. The rest of the music from this week's episode comes from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. So I guess until next week, uh, I'm Gary, and I'm just another fanboy.
Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job. Yay.